got away, babe. Lilith's for the stage. There's no need to wait. She's your Broadway, babe. Take a seat. Relax your feet. Now listen to my beat. I'm your Broadway, babe. Hey guys, it's Tiara Jasmine Fielding, and you're listening to Broadway Babe 2000. Welcome back. I know, new introduction. There's no more, I'm just a Broadway baby. Yeah, we all love it, and we know it. But it's season two. It's time for some change. There are lots of changes going on around in the world and in my life. It's been a little while since I've spoken to you guys. I've taken a break since July, and it's been very nice. I've enjoyed my vacation, but I'm super excited to be back with you guys and discussing all things Broadway. Broadway is still closed, but it's okay. We're going to get through this, and I know when Broadway does open, we'll be there partying it up. Hopefully, I'll have Jonathan Groff and Ben Platt next to me. We'll be singing and crying happy tears. Though Broadway has been closed since March, the 74th Tony Awards are still going to take place. They came out with Tony Award nominations this past week, and I'm super excited to share those with you guys and my opinion on this year's nominations. But first, let me just catch you up on what I've been doing. I know you guys are very interested in my life, and I love hearing all your questions, so... Let's start off from March. In March, I was sent home, as you guys know, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. College was put on hold, everything went online, and I really continued to do my podcast and talk about everything that was going on in the world until the end of July. And then I said, you know what, I need a little break. The world is really messed up right now. Let's let it calm down and give space for the things that need to be heard. So I enjoyed the rest of my summer. I came home from Arkansas and then I stayed in quarantine for two weeks in my basement, which was honestly so miserable, but you have to do it in the state of New York. And I did it for the safety of my family, which is the most important thing. It was really hard staying in the basement by myself at times, but I did get through it. And during that time, I had a lot of time to think to myself because it gave me the opportunity to really reiterate what I want to do with my life and who I want to choose to spend my time with on earth. And it was just a lot of thinking. And then I was told the news that my school would officially go online. So... Instead of my parents spending $70,000 for me to take online acting classes from a school in New York City, I came back to my university in North Carolina. And honestly, I'm so pleased that I made that decision. It was a hard one that I thought about from the second that I did come to New York City. It was just, I've always grown up in New York and I always knew Broadway would be there. I just wanted to work on it so badly. And then... When I was able to get an education and work, have an internship on Broadway, I was like, yes, of course, this makes so much sense. But then Broadway was taken away from me, and I said, does New York City make sense right now? Because you could really make art anywhere. So I chose to come back to my school in North Carolina, and it's been great. We've been able to do choir performances. I'm in the chamber choir, 
and we had our family weekend online virtually. We wear these huge masks. They look like duck faces, I swear. It's the funniest thing. If any of you saw me walking around with it on my face, you would think I'm like cuckoo because it's so puffy. Like wearing masks is like normal now. But if you were to see me wearing this mask, you'd be like, why is that girl wearing such a weird one? <laughs> but it's really great because it helps protect us when we're singing. And I've been able to do a bunch of things with the theater community at school. I was just initiated into the theater fraternity, Alpha Psi Omega, which I am so excited about and I'm so lucky to be a part of. And I am going to be an Oedipus in a few weeks, which will be a really nice experience to get back on the stage again. I mean, I always say this, but if you would have told me last February or something that this is the world we would be in, I would honestly like start crying or laughing. I don't know which is the better reaction in this situation, but it's just so crazy. But yeah, I'm happy and I'm excited to be back in North Carolina. Obviously I miss Broadway, but I do graduate in 2022 and Broadway's always around the corner. And from what they're saying, Broadway will be open May of 2021, supposedly. But I have a feeling it's not going to happen until there's some type of vaccine or herd immunity of COVID-19. It's just a crazy world we live in. And to even think those thoughts is just dumbfounding at times. But it is really nice to see what art has come out of this. And I'm excited to see what people are creating right now. I mean, it's been so cool to see all these like Zoom reunions and stuff. I was watching one with the cast of Jesse and they were talking about Cameron Boyce and I started like to cry hysterically. I mean, his passing away, I know it's a little off topic, but that really rocked my world. I love Cameron Boyce. And if any of you get to watch Hubie Halloween, the new Adam Sandler movie, it's so good. It's so funny. Halloween is one of my favorite seasons and... I'm excited for Halloween, so that's what's going on in my life. I'm trying to prepare myself for a Halloween costume. Obviously, I'm in college. I'm 20 years old. There's no parties going on, though. We mostly just hang out with our group of friends and stay in those inner circles because you don't want to get sick. And at one point, there was over 300 kids in quarantine at my school, and they were being like low-key like sly about the numbers but everything's better now. There's about only 20 kids in quarantine, I think, and they're being super duper cautious about people who have been in contact with those people. I mean, my sister, she got COVID. <laughs> Sorry, Tiffany, if you didn't want anyone to know this, but I think it's like public information by now. But I was with her like two and a half days before, so I didn't have to go into quarantine. And luckily I didn't get it or anything, or I might've just been immune to symptoms but they were super cautious about calling the people who would have been in contact and making sure that I was like still mentally okay because it's a scary thing to go through and my sister told me they were checking in on her like every day someone from the student life office would call to ask how she's doing so 
they've been really supportive about that. And it's so funny. Usually I like record in my own bedroom or like record in like a quiet space or like a studio. But here at school, they have these study rooms in the residence hall. So I'm sitting in a study room, but it's like a fishbowl style. So there's windows all around me. And when people walk out of their dorm room, they're like staring right in my face. And it's honestly so awkward because I'm sitting here with a MIDI, which is basically like a traveling piano. So it's like a Key Lab 6-1 Essential. And like you bring it around. And I also have this microphone with me. So it looks like I'm like making music, which I am, because I made that little intro just a little while ago. And people are like, ooh, what is she doing? Like, they're so intrigued, but it makes me feel awkward for people to stare while I'm recording. Because, you know, I feel like this is like very intimate, intimate, and I get super emotional with you guys sometimes. But I'm just super excited to be back and speaking with you all. I mean, it's kind of like my own personal diary. That's what I think about it as. Because as I go back and listen to old episodes, I'm like, that's so funny. Like, that lesson is so true. And it's just so funny to see how far I've come. I mean, just within the past few months, I've really changed. I've changed both image-wise, emotionally. I've changed many views on the world. And it's just crazy. I mean... Even though the world is messed up and there are a lot of bad things going for it right now, there are some great things coming out of this. And I really do feel like I'm becoming a better person out of the COVID-19 crisis and the madness that it created, essentially. Besides that, I might dye a few pieces of my hair purple just because I'm really interested to see what it'll look like. Like, I've been super obsessed with TikTok Go follow my TikTok, at TR Jasmine Fielding. I have a couple viral videos, no big deal. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wish they were, like, super viral. But I do make some funny things and some Broadway content. I have this Jonathan Groff TikTok where I'm like, I want Jonathan Groff to marry me. And it has, like, 35,000 likes on it or something like that, which is absolutely insane. I wish my face was in the video, but it's just a video of Jonathan Groff that I took on my laptop while I was watching Glee, and he's like, it's in the second season, I think, and he's like, turn around, bright eyes. Like, he's like, it's that scene, and he's like, lifting up Leah Michelle, which I just think is so funny. And then the other day, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and Leah Michelle, she posted this video of her baby listening to Jonathan Groff sing his song from Frozen 2. And I was like, the caption was like, baby, whatever name, listening to Uncle Jonathan. Like, damn. Like, I wish I was related to Jonathan Groff. Life's not fair sometimes. (laughs) But enough about me. Let's talk about what's going on in the Broadway world. As I said before, the 74th annual Tony Awards are still happening. They were supposed to take place on June 12th, I believe. And obviously, it's not June 12th anymore. It is October 20th. And the world has vastly changed since the Tony Awards were supposed to happen. Basically, half of the shows that were going to be nominated in this season weren't eligible because they never opened 
because of COVID, as we all know. I feel super lucky that I did get to see a bunch of them because who knows if some of these shows will return to Broadway. But let's just go through the list and chop off what there is, I guess. So for best play, they have a full roster, basically, even though half the shows didn't open. They have one, two, three, four, five shows nominated, which is usually the amount they put in the category. They usually do five or six. We have Grand Horizons. We have The Inheritance, Seawall Life, Seawall A Life, excuse me, Slave Play, and The Sound Inside. Well, I saw The Inheritance, which I absolutely loved. Slave Play was amazing. And Seawall A Life. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's amazing. Tom Sturridge or Stur... Tom was amazing too. Sad story. Sad, sad story. Inheritance, oh my God. I was like enthralled. I wanted to go back to see part two because I only got to see part one. But when I went to go see part two, the show like closed like two days before... It was supposed to actually close due to COVID-19. So I was going to try to see the final performance of part two. But then, you know, everything happened. Slave Play. Saw that thanks to Alex Brightman, as we all know. Shout out to my mans for buying me that ticket. 270 something dollars. That was an amazing show. See what life. I rushed that show. Or did I buy that on Today Ticks? I'm not sure. The sound inside. I'm not sure what that is about but I'm interested to see what happens and Grand Horizons I mean that was with Michael Yuri, Ashley Park a bunch of amazing people so I'm curious to see what's going to happen then we have 2020 Best Musical there are only three nominees in the category because a bunch of shows so the cutoff date was February 19th And I don't know exactly why they chose February 19th, if it was some, like, capitalism thing, like, the amount of shows that brought in a certain amount of money, or something like that, because West Side Story opened on February 20th, and then Girl from a North Country opened on, like, March 5th or something like that. So we have Jagged Little Pill which was amazing. I got to see that standing room, which was definitely an interesting experience because I'm only 5'4", so the barrier at the back of their orchestra was extremely tall. I had to stand on like a step stool. Then we have Moulin Rouge, which is amazing. You guys know how much I love Moulin Rouge. Aaron Tavet, Karen, they killed it. I mean, I don't have enough great things to see say about that show. I saw it with my friend Chelsea and her mom Susan and her dad Effie. And that was like my third time seeing it. The first time I saw it, I saw it with my friend Patrick. And Patrick left me halfway through the show because it was an evening show. And he was scared his mom would get mad that he was coming home too early. Meanwhile, we were like in the second row and this was like previews. So I was super upset that Patrick had left me, 
But I understood, but I wish he would have just told his mom because his mom would have said, of course you could stay, Patrick. You just paid 120 something dollars to see this musical. Because I know if I did that, my mom would be super upset that I would waste the money and just leave the show. I remember Patrick and I laugh about it now, so we're all good. Because this is like the third time he did it to me because we went to go see... What was the name of the show that had Brian Darcy James and Jack DeFalco? It was the one about the Irish family. I forget the name. It was really good. It was a super long play. It was in three parts. And there was one 15-minute intermission and then a five-minute intermission. And I remember Patrick and I went to this nice Italian restaurant before. And then we're in the theater and he's like, oh, my mom's going to kill me. Like, it's almost like 930. And I was like, Patrick, just wait a little while. Like, I think the show's almost done. And he left after the first act. I think it's because he might have not liked the actual show itself. But I was just so enthralled with Brian Darcy James and Jack DeFalco that I was just like... I have to stay, you know? Patrick and I laugh about it now because we just find it so funny how he left me at two shows. And he always says now, I promise if we ever see a show again, and we will, that I would never, ever, ever leave you. And I'm like, okay, Patrick, I believe you. But Moulin Rouge is a great show, you know? The can-can, because you can, can, can. And then we have Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Tina, I did not see, but I heard amazing things about. I only saw the very end and the very beginning because when I worked for Nederlander and Broadway Direct, I would bring goodies and sometimes we would catch the end of a show or right before the beginning when the cast was warming up. I remember I told you guys the story of one time I was putting down these like little goodie gifts bags on the seats while they were doing like a choreo like... They were refreshing themselves. And the girl goes to me, oh, who's coming, Beyonce? And I thought she said, Beyonce's coming tonight. And I was like to my boss, I need a ticket. Like, I have to come see Tina tonight. Can you please give me a ticket? And she was like, no, 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 no. She said, is Beyonce coming tonight? And I was just like, oh, (laughs) Then we have Best Book of a Musical, which is also the same nominees, Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge, and Tina the Tina Turner Musical. Then we have Best Original Score, Written for the Theater. We have A Christmas Carol, which is a classic, The Inheritance, The Rose Tattoo, Slave Play, The Sound Inside which are all amazing shows. Like I said, I saw Slave Play and The Inheritance. I've seen A Christmas Carol many times. Not this one necessarily that's nominated, but I'm just going to assume it's very similar. The Rose Tattoo, that was a show I did not get to see at the Roundabout Theater Company, but I heard many things, and I know... I forget her name, but the lady who plays... The aunt in Spider-Man with Tom Holland, wasn't it? The Rose Tattoo. Then we have Best Revival of a Play. We have Betrayal, 
which we all know starred Tom Hiddleston and many, many other talented actors and actresses. I mean, I remember we spoke about this in one of my classes at school last year, and we kept talking about how the timeline of betrayal was so interesting because it's like a backwards story, kind of like the last five years, which I just love so much when like the time you have to piece it all together and you're like, oh, this is the ending and like the time is above your head. Then we have Frankie and Johnny and Claire de Lune, which was, you know, Audra McDonald. And I did not get to see that either, but I heard praise. Then we have a soldier's play, which was an amazing show. I mean, it's really interesting to see these nominees because there are so many other plays that were supposed to come out this year. There were The Minutes, there was Hangman, there was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. There was a million other shows that never got the opportunity to really open or were before the February 19th deadline. Then we have Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role in a Play. We have Ian Barford for Linda Vista. Then we have Andrew Burnpap for The Inheritance, which, oh my God, I loved him so much. He is a really amazing actor. I remember my eyes were just glued to him the whole show. Then we have Jake Gyllenhaal for Seawall slash A Life. Then we have Tom Hiddleston for Betrayal. Tom Sturridge for Seawall A Life. And Blair Underwood for Soldier's Play. I mean, there's some big A-list names in there. I mean, you have Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Hiddleston. I mean... Those are huge, huge actors. I mean, I would be surprised if it went to someone else just because, like, when there is a big name in the category, it tends to go to them. But I would love to see it go to Andrew because I just thought his performance was brilliant. I saw that show with my friend Sebastian, and I just remember, like, I kept saying to myself, I have to go see part two, and then Broadway shut down. So (laughs) that was pretty sad. And now for the nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Play. We have Laura Linney for My Name is Lucy Barton. We have Audra McDonald for Frankie and Johnny. We have Mary Louise Parker for The Sound Inside. And Joaquina Calacongo for Slave Play. I mean, all of these actresses are just so talented and amazing. I remember when I saw Slave Play, I was just like dumbfounded. Jeremy O'Harris really wrote something special. And obviously, since Broadway shut down, not many of us will have the opportunity to see it anytime soon. But I hope that if it is revived or Jeremy writes another play relating to it, that you guys do get the opportunity to see it because I loved it. Then we have Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role in a Musical. And I honestly think it's a little funny, but there is only one nominee. And he could still lose the category, interestingly enough. It is the one and only Mr. Aaron Tivet for Moulin Rouge the Musical. I mean, Aaron is just so amazing. He deserves this. 
He deserves the win. I mean, there's literally nobody else in the category. So I really hope they don't end up not giving it to him because that would be a really messed up. But, you know, he's had some killer performances in his days. He really worked for this. He's been killing it in Moulin Rouge. And every time I saw it, he was on top of his game. I met him after at the stage door. He was super nice. People say they have like mixed reviews about meeting him at the stage door. But he took this photo with this little girl next to me. And obviously, he's extremely talented and very attractive. So that didn't hurt the situation at all. I mean, if he wants to sing like any song from Catch Me If You Can to me... Oh my God, like if he sings goodbye, I would literally like cry. I would cry. Then we have the nominees for Best Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical. We have Elizabeth Stanley for Jagged Little Pill. We have Adrienne Warren for Tina the Tina Turner Musical. And Karen Olivio for Moulin Rouge the Musical. I'm interested to see what will happen in this category because when I saw Jagged Little Pill, I kind of considered Elizabeth Stanley's character to be the featured role. And I really considered Celia Rose Gooding's role to be like the lead. I mean, maybe it's just because I saw it from the younger character's perspective, just because I am younger and I felt like it was more a story about her. But I'm interested to see what will happen with the leading actress in a musical category. I feel Adrian Warren definitely deserves a Tony Award. I mean, Tina, she gives a killer performance and literally everybody wanted to see her as Tina. Then we have best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play. We have Ado Blackson-Wood for Slave Play. We have James Cusati Moyer for Slave Play. David Allen Greer for A Soldier's Play, John Benjamin Hickey for The Inheritance, Paul Hilton for The Inheritance. I mean, give it to James Cusati Moyer. I was literally crying hysterically because at the talkback, he was just so amazing and so profound in his words. And he was talking about how sometimes he felt like an object to society, which I found so fascinating because we really do idolize and put these weights on actors and just expect so much from them at times. Now let's go to the best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical. We have Katherine Gallagher for Jagged Little Pill, Celia Rose Gooding for Jagged Little Pill, Robin Herter for Moulin Rouge, Lauren Patton for Jagged Little Pill, and Myra Taylor for Tina the Tina Turner Musical. I mean, there's just so many nominees. I can't go through them all with you because I'll be scared to bore you guys. But it's just interesting to see how shows like West Side Story, Girl from the North Country, Mrs. Doubtfire was supposed to be in this season, The Minutes, Hangman. There were a bunch of shows that haven't even opened. Six. I mean... We really missed out on some great art and creativity this year. Of course, I'm super happy for all these nominees and I wish them the best of luck. I'll be rooting for all of you, but I'll especially be rooting for Aaron Devet. 
You know, that would be so messed up if they did not just give it to him. He's literally the only person nominated. Don't you guys agree? <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at BroadwayBabe2000 or on my personal account at Tiara Jasmine Fielding. I'm excited to continue to speak with you guys. And I will see you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Bye.